1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Latest update on the story of Kay Barrett. You'll be aware that a couple of weeks ago we spoke here to Claire Barrett, who's Kay's sister. Kay is currently in jail in Limerick Prison. And she was jailed in February when a number of suspended sentences were reactivated and a number of breaches of a barring order were reactivated and has severe mental health difficulties. She's from Dunhamore. She has severe mental health difficulties. And we heard the last time that when Judge James McNulty was sentencing her in uh, the district court in Clonacilty, I think it was, that he just felt he had no option but to send her to prison uh, because the services aren't there for her. And her family believes she should be receiving mental health services to deal with her various issues and her disorder. And instead, she is currently in Limbic Prison where she'll be until December. After I did that interview with Claire a couple of weeks ago, we were contacted from someone who gave us their identity, couldn't come on the air, um, but wrote to us in great detail about elements of the story. New K was familiar with Kay, but wanted to speak to us on a general term. And the gist of what that person had to say was that in their opinion, both the patient and the family needs to work more with the services. That was the gist of what they were saying. Um, Both Kay, Kay and her family have been involved with the services for quite a number of years. But in general terms, what this writer, this correspondent was saying to us was that families and the patient need to be willing to work more with the system. That was their view, having listened to the interview. Now, Claire and indeed Kay's aunt, Carmel, uh, were listening to me the day I read out that message and they wanted to respond to certain elements of it. So I have been speaking to Claire again and also to her to Kay's ad, Carmel. Now Carmel, let's start with you and you're based in France. You contacted us after we had communication from a person who worked in the system following my first interview with uh, Claire about Kay. That person made the point that Families need to liaise with the system. And I think you're both saying that's extremely difficult to do.
0: Yes, despite what is uh, officially said that now the approach is the whole person approach and uh, community care, etc., is important, it doesn't seem to be the case.
1: What was your experience in trying to liaise with the system?
0: Well, there's one major problem that when we want to get information about K, for example, presently when she's in prison or uh, uh, when we address uh, any official bodies, ministries and so on, weren't entitled to information because of the GDPR. That's the the answer we got, Mm. Um, which meant that the first time she was in prison, we got no information. But uh, on the other hand, we were able to talk to the chaplain who could tell us that Kay was doing okay. So I wonder if this uh, GDPR It's kind of an umbrella answer that uh, that's why we can't get information.
1: I know that Claire had permission from Kay to see and obtain her medical records, and that even proved very difficult.
0: It did prove very difficult. Yes. Uh, uh, It took us a long time to to get (laughs) the records, even uh, Kay herself. I found it difficult to, to, to get the record. So it's really un- unfortunate because I think the key is for us all to work together in the same direction.
1: Kay ended up, unfortunately, in the Duchess uh, women's prison because she breached yes. a barring order. And that was a barring order the family had been advised to take out. Would I be right in thinking, Carmel, that if he would known she might end up in Duchess for breaking the order, he wouldn't have taken it out?
0: Of course not, of course not. No, our our understanding was that it would be a way to get her back into the mental health services because she was discharged in spring of uh, 2021. We were told... Um, by the guardie and uh, by the, the, the uh, social services that if there were a, bar, a barring order then uh, she would be referred to a judge who would see that her problem was not a criminal problem but a problem of mental health and so she'd get back into the the, the care system. It really backfired.
1: It did and unfortunately... When she broke the order, it was in Dokus she ended up. How, how did you feel when that happened, Carmel? Shocked, I imagine. Well,
0: she, she didn't end up in Dokus immediately. In fact, she ended up in Limerick. Uh, she was imprisoned for the very first time in February uh, uh, 2021 uh, on the 20th. She was supposed to stay in prison for four days. Yeah. That's the information we got. Yeah. And the next thing we learned that she was in DOCUS. So it just shows the, how this lack of communication that we uh, always got information after the facts. Right. And in DOCUS, she was supposed to uh, be in Doka's for two weeks or something like that, and she ended up being there until March 31st. So she went in uh, and, uh, in February for four days, February 20th, and she came out on March 31st. So we were really shocked then. That's when we started writing and making noise because we said, this is unbelievable.
1: The family effectively feel, I think, Camel, left out in the cold while, while Kay is going through her troubles.
0: Exactly. And the, the whole idea of somebody who is ill being imprisoned for being ill. And, uh, the, the, uh, you know, we felt that every day, every uh, extra day she stayed in prison was only detrimental because what happens in prison? You lose your social skills, you lose your responsibility for everyday activity like preparing meals, shopping and so on. So mm-hmm. you come out worse than ever.
1: Now, the person who wrote to us was speaking more in general terms and said, look, families need to work with the system. But here you are telling me and giving me numerous examples of how, yeah, you might you might think that's the right thing to do, but just try and do it.
0: Exactly. Uh, Exactly.
1: Have you any I know you're in France. Have you any contact with Kay at the moment? Are you allowed to speak with her?
0: we write to each other yes. and she writes regularly to
1: and, me and from her from her letters how do you think she is right now
0: well she says that she she, uh, she misses nature she misses being able to go out that she'd like to go for a walk or a run in the yard but it's filthy um you know, it's it's just a shame. At the same time, I find her writing is very coherent and yeah. rational, and, and that, that makes it even worse, the fact that uh, she's so aware of the, of the situation.
1: Yes. And are you fearful that when she does come out of prison, which I understand is close to Christmas, it'll be happening, that the whole thing could start again?
0: Well, it's what happened. It's what happened the last time she came out of prison. This is her third stay in prison. And each time when she came out in March and the 31st of March, an appointment with a consultant had been arranged for the 12th of April. You have to wait two weeks for an appointment and you come out to an environment you've lost touch with. It's just not on.
1: Anything can happen in those two weeks.
0: And it did, in fact, because she had the appointment and then she was given another appointment for the end of May. And it was just to give her a prescription so each yeah. time, she her hopes went up, and then uh, they were squashed by what happened in reality.
1: She, she's very anxious to get back into treatment. This DBT treatment, isn't she?
0: She is, but um, for me, I don't think there's a just one miracle fix. Yeah. That the DBT. It's true that Kay did start it, and she wasn't well enough after her chaotic year, and it didn't go very well. And for me, it's the lack of continuity above all. It's really this need for communication with everybody involved around Kay uh, so that we know what's going on and that she has someone to turn to as soon as uh, she's feeling uh, on a slope instead of it always ends up being the crisis moment.
1: Deal with her when there isn't a crisis is is what you're asking.
0: Exactly, exactly, yes, to have more uh, prevention.
1: Carmel, it's good to speak with you, and I'll be speaking again shortly with Claire. Thank you for being with me today.
0: It was a pleasure. Thank you, and thank you for your program.
1: So Claire, back back with you now, um, and we'll talk about that communication we received in a moment, but the last time you and I talked, uh, you were about to go and see Kay. Uh, How is she? How was she then?
2: Yeah, um, I I went to see her on Saturday, and she was very good, and it was really nice seeing her. Um, She was in great form. Yes, yeah. and um, I think it's it's really kind of giving her a lot of um, hope that, like you know, something might happen now because there's you know because of the interviews and the the newspaper article, she just I, I suppose she feels like more people are thinking of her, and it's it's just giving her a bit more hope. And the prison guards were were lovely as well, and they they really have great time for Kay, and you know they were just say they they know her, they understand her struggles because they see what she's like when she's unwell and how she is when she's not manic I suppose is how, I, how you describe it or not deregulated and they've great time for her
1: so she's reasonably well at the moment which is which is good to hear yeah and, and, and she's aware of the interviews that yourself and Carmel are doing that gives her a boost I'll come back to that yeah. letter we got to the program after my last conversation with you where the person said that the families need to liaise a bit more now carmel's not impressed with that and i think neither were you
2: no because i i feel like we 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 did try to to reach out and get some some contact but it was it was quite um uh, what would you say? Not very consistent, and every every time we get a phone call, I f- I felt like it was a different person. It, it didn't seem like there was much communication, because um, I suppose Kay was going to the emergency room quite a lot, and it, it might be a new doctor, and I'd have to explain Kay's um, situation. Yeah, and you know, like it just felt that they were not very kind of cohesive or together. Um, but yeah, we 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 definitely did reach out, but. I suppose when she was discharged in October 2020 there was a very definite lack of communication then you know and we just kind of felt on our own a bit. Yeah
1: and as a family you just want the best for her. I know that and I've talked to Carmel about her ending up in Docus, and she said that had you known at the time that taking out the barring order could have possibly ended up with her in Docus. You'd never have done it.
2: God, no, we would never have done it. We really, we we really would never have done it. We were getting more open communication from the Gary and they said, like, you know, what if you tried going down that that path that the judge would force? Then the judge would have to force some kind of medical intervention. Oh. So we were kind of.
1: So, just might, might I tease that out a minute, Claire? So, it came to a situation where. The guards and others said to you, look, if there's a barring order there, I know it probably hurts to take it out. I'm sure they said that. If there's a barring order there and she breaches the barring order, that might force the hand of the system to take her back and give her the help she needs. That was the view.
2: Yeah, that was the motivation. That that was the reason we took it out because we were like just at a loss. We didn't know where to turn and the guards were in our house every day. And like it, it, it was just it was just literally out of. No other other options. That was that's why we went for the the barring order for the and, and, and the
1: guards yeah. also felt it might help.
2: Yeah, we did because I, t- I again I thought that the judge would have kind of more more say in it that yeah. he would that that you know that his medical intervention would be kind of um, not forced but like that the judge would say she has to go to hospital or. You know, it's not it's not a criminal matter that like yeah. she would be taken care of more by the medical
1: system. You didn't expect her to end up in prison and that was very upsetting for, for everybody involved. G- going forward, mm-hmm. Claire, and again coming back to this communication that we had about working with the, that the families need to work more with this system, that seems to have been the, the standout point. I think both yourself and Carl would be saying, that's all very fine to say. But when we're a family trying to liaise, the system isn't very helpful.
2: Yeah, yeah, like as in the Mental Health Act 2001, if you read it it sounds great on paper like the theory behind it, it sounds great but practically it doesn't work because like the patient has full autonomy so the, hey because of her condition she gets quite aggressive and it's generally the people closest to her that she lashes out on mm. so she didn't want us to have anything to do with her, her medical matters mm. but we were, we were kind of Wanting to help, but were on the outside because the doctors were saying, Kay doesn't want you to have anything to do with her situation.
1: But didn't she eventually then say, Claire, that you can have access to her notes and her records?
2: Yeah, yes. That proved difficult as well because we, as, once she had the legal document to say that I could access her records, the GP's reaction was to contact his own solicitor.
1: He was probably checking whether he was on solid ground to hand them over to you, I suppose.
2: And that's, I suppose, that's what we've we, we've kind of we've kind of realised that like it's a legal minefield rather than open communication. Whereas the the Gardaí were speaking quite frankly to us and kind of saying, you know, really sitting down with us, here are your options. What could you do? You could do this. You could do that. Whereas the medical system just seemed not really being able to like it was like up against a wall to reach out to the mental health services. It's like Kay always falls... She she, fall, she fell between categories and no one was responsible and everybody was covered, you know?
1: It must be so frustrating. And I know that with her in prison now, at least the one thing you can say about her is she's safe. But, of course, she'll be out again. And I think your fear and Carmel's fear is we'll just end up back at square one.
2: Yeah, that's really, really, a fe- like, a, a, a big fear we have. But interestingly... <laughs> since the interviews have come out we've we've had more contact from the HSE there's a meeting in September to put a plan in place earlier
1: Claire I wish you all well and again I ask you to please convey uh, my good wishes and the wishes of my team back to Kay when you're speaking to her
2: I will of course thank you so much for highlighting it
1: and really appreciate it Peter Kate Barrett due to be released from prison uh, before Christmas, shortly before Christmas. And my thanks to, again, her sister, Claire, and her aunt, Carmel, who's based in France. Quartz 96 FM.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more